Greeny with Mike Greenberg, the podcast. A jam-packed week 18 Friday. Chris Carlin, Courtney Cronin in for Greeny here on ESPN Radio and on the ESPN app. We are presented by Progressive Insurance and all guests appear via the Goodyear hotline. It is so much on the docket this weekend. It is so exciting to get down to the final regular season game. Who's going to get in? Who's not going to get in? Chargers-Raiders Sunday night. Awesome game. And you got to make some money, too. I think we need to do that. ESPN betting analyst and ESPN Radio's Joe Fortenbaugh joins us right now on the Goodyear hotline. Joe? What's going on, brother? How are you? Happy New Year, Chris. Happy New Year, Courtney. Great to be on the show with you guys. Thanks so much for bringing me on. Looking forward to uh, talking some games here. Huh? Let's do it. All right. Let's get to it. Joe, between Week 18 motivation, COVID, and injuries, how are you approaching the final week of the NFL's regular season? combination of trepidation and anxiety I would say would be the little cocktail I've got coming in because this is a very difficult week to handicap it's all about timing right you got to figure out if you can find the information faster than the books and act on that information how many of these teams are motivated to play this weekend how many of these teams want to show up that Minnesota Chicago game (laughs) your guess is as good as mine as to how that's going to play out when you factor COVID and injuries in as well tread lightly is what I'd say with the playoffs right around the corner but I will give you one angle that I think is worth looking at and this is the NFL prop market angle okay week 18 there are a lot of players who are very close to cashing in on big contract incentives for certain statistical thresholds for example Buffalo Bills wide receiver Stephon Diggs needs six receptions to earn a $1.55 million bonus. You don't think he's aware of that? You don't think his quarterback and his coach are aware of that? They have a layup matchup against the New York Jets this weekend. Great opportunity to put up some big numbers. I would expect the Bills to force feed the ball to uh, Stephon Diggs. So look at things like that. Look at Rob Gronkowski. Look at some of the other players out there that are incentivized to make plays. A lot of times their teammates want to help them out. It seems like there's a lot of like big line moves, though, that we're already seeing in Week 18. I think it was the Bucks went from six and a half point, fa- or sixteen and a half point favorites to eight point favorites over the Panthers. Like, does that factor in the Antonio Brown stuff that's been going on, or like what is that? Yeah, it's a variety of factors. It's an excellent question. You see some big line moves, and a lot of the reason for that is. You know, based on early in the week to later in the week, what's the information we're coming across? Of course, COVID's going to play a factor as it will in the Philadelphia-Dallas game, which I'm sure we'll talk about here in a moment. But outside of that, um, how much motivation do the Bucks have to win that game? Antonio Brown's one thing. You know, you're going to be down another wide receiver, so that is an issue. And that would normally have an effect on the line, but not to the extent that you just talked about, where we're talking about six and seven point moves. That's a variety of factors from motivation to injuries to COVID to everything in between. You see some very dramatic swings in week 18, um, and that game is a perfect example, Courtney. ESPN and uh, ESPN betting analyst and ESPN Raiders Joe Fortenbaugh uh, joining us right now on the Goodyear Hotline. Chris Garland, Courtney Cronin in for Greeny. One of those lines, Cowboys land seven at Philly. That's dropped down to five. So what's the best way to bet the game? So I'm gambling here. I'm going to play Philadelphia on the money line at plus 180, which means I need him to win the game outright. But if I do, a $100 bet returns 180 in profit, hence the plus 180. And here's the rationale behind that. 
Dallas comes into this game with nothing to play for. I know there's a lot of talk. We just heard in the update, a Dak plans on playing. A lot of the starters plan on playing. Mike McCarthy wants them out there. You know, they're off that bad loss. They want to wash that taste out of their mouth. Really? Is, is that worth the risk of losing one of your star players, like your quarterback who's been battling a calf injury all season? Is that worth it right before the start of the playoffs? Philadelphia has a COVID outbreak going on. A lot of starters are on the COVID list. They've got nothing to play for either. If they win this game, there's no guarantee it even improves their playoff seating. But right now, you're looking at Philly plus 180 in a game that could turn into an exhibition. It really could. I think McCarthy's nuts to consider putting his starters out there with nothing to play for. But again, it's Mike McCarthy. It shouldn't shouldn't shock us. But I will say this. I don't see them playing the full four quarters. So I'm going to jump ahead of this now. A little bit of money on Philly to win the game outright. Because if it turns into an exhibition and the word gets out, we want to beat the line move. Both of those teams are already into the postseason, a team that's currently there but might not be after Sunday is the San Francisco 49ers. They have a win-and-in situation, but they're currently four-and-a-half-point dogs at Los Angeles against the Rams. Do you think that they get it done and they find their way into one of those wild-card spots? I do like them to cover the spread, I will tell you that much. And to win the game outright, I would put a little bit on the money line as well. Win and in for the Niners. If they lose, their only way in is if the Saints lose to Atlanta as well. Spoiler alert, I would play the Falcons plus the points. The Saints on the road, they're averaging 13 points per game over their last six outings. You want to lay four and a half points on the road in a divisional matchup with that offense? Good luck. But back to the Niner question. Kyle Shanahan has owned Sean McVay. Owned him. 4-1 and one against the spread in their last five meetings against one another. They met earlier this season and the Niners took down the Rams. Those two came up together under Kyle's dad, Mike Shanahan, in Washington. He knows what McVay wants to do. As much success as McVay has had, Shanahan has had more against him. He knows what he wants. The motivation edge is with San Francisco. And I'm going to tell you something. This line would not be 4.5 if the Rams had lost to Minnesota two weeks ago and to Baltimore last week. And they very well should have lost both those games. Matthew Stafford has been awful. I know there's all this talk about how great he is and how you want him leading the final drive down the field. That's fine. He's a good quarterback. But he has turned the ball over six times in the last two weeks. We can't escape those facts. And when we're talking about making money and laying points, I don't know if you want to lay four and a half with a quarterback who's been turnover prone and a team that's been getting away with some very fortunate wins as of late. I would take the Niners plus the points. ESPN betting analyst, ESPN Radio's Joe Fortenbaugh joining us on the Goodyear Hotline. Joe, best bet of the NFL weekend is? Atlanta would be one I'd be looking at for sure, like I mentioned earlier with the Saints. There's no way with that offense winning, scoring 13 points per game on, uh, over their last six that I'd want to play with that. I'd also look to Washington. I saw it drop to six and a half against the Giants. I would play Washington this weekend. I think they're going to show up motivated. Rivera's a good coach. He's going to have his team at least ready to play to finish off the season. I don't think the Giants are showing up for Joe Judge. I really don't. The Giants have lost five straight by an average of 18 points per game. And that guy's press conferences get more and more bizarre. You know the players hear that stuff. I think those dudes are ready for vacation. I'd lay the number with Washington. I'm not sure if there's any sort of prop bet about what accent he'll come out with this week <laughs> after the Matthew McConaughey. Him and Brian um, Kelly. It, it's incredible. I just, I mean, but hey, at least he's like from SEC country. Like he coached down there. Half his staff has ties. They're basically all Cajun. Uh, but nonetheless, um, moving into college football, coming up national championship game on Monday night in Indianapolis. Georgia laying three against Alabama in a rematch of the SEC championship championship game who do you like here all right so let's work through some history in the sec championship game georgia was a six-point favorite they got beat by alabama pretty convincingly 
And now this game comes back out with Georgia as a two and a half point favorite. A lot of people see that. They go, well, why wouldn't Alabama be the favorite? Because the bookmakers weren't that far off the first time around. And they're not going to adjust this by seven points. The professionals would be all over Georgia in that situation. But when it came back out minus two and a half, the pros here in Vegas all jumped on Georgia. They pushed the line right to three. So I can tell you that the professional money has been on Georgia at minus two and a half, pushing it up to three. I lean to Georgia here, smaller wager on the side. I think we're getting a discount. What happened in that last game, Alabama went up-tempo every time Georgia tried to sub some of their key defenders off the field. Therefore, Georgia couldn't get those guys back onto the field. They threw the ball all over the lot. Georgia wasn't ready. They got bamboozled in that game. I don't see it happening again. I think Georgia's going to make the adjustments, and I think I'm getting them at a discount with those adjustments. John Mechie not playing at wide receiver for Alabama. He caught six passes for 97 yards and a TD in that game against Georgia. That's a big blow. So a smaller wager on the Georgia side, minus three. Look around for two and a half. They popped up again yesterday. I would play a bigger wager on the under at 52 and a half. Uh, The total in the SEC championship game was 48 and a half. This has been moved four points north after they hung 60 plus points in that first game. Again, I don't think the first game is going to be what we see on Monday night. I think it's going to be lower scoring. Georgia's defense is going to have more success against Alabama's offense. And Alabama's offense, or excuse me, defense, has been very good this season. Top 13 in scoring and opponent yards per play. They'll get their stops as well. Half unit wager on Georgia minus three, but shot for the two and a half. That's what I got earlier in the week. And on the total, I go full unit under 52 and a half points. Joe Fortenbaugh, go get that paper, Joe. You too, guys. Thanks for having me on. Best of luck this weekend to everybody. Joe Fortenbaugh, ESPN betting analyst, jumping on Georgia on Monday night. Very, very interesting after Alabama beat him by 17 first time around. Starting stronger starts at AutoZone, where they've got battery solutions in the form of free battery testing, free battery charging, and replacement batteries that fit your needs. That's what, that's what makes them America's number one battery destination. Get in the zone AutoZone. Chris Carlin, Courtney Cronin in for Greeny today on ESPN Radio and ESPN Plus. Some people just seem to unwittingly create their own drama and then others really do it intentionally. And for once, we're not talking about Antonio Brown. Plenty of drama coming out of Cleveland. And why are some teams playing their starters when their games mean absolutely nothing? We will get into it all next. Greeny, presented by Progressive Insurance. Stick with us on ESPN Radio. Greeny, the podcast. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. We all carry around different stressors. I do, you do, we all do. Big, small. And when we keep them bottled up, as I sometimes have had happen in the past, it can start to affect us negatively. Therapy is a safe space to get things off your chest, and to figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down. It's helpful for learning positive coping skills and how to set boundaries. It empowers you to be the best version of yourself. It isn't just for those who've experienced major trauma. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash Greeny today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash Greeny, G-R-E-E-N-Y. 
For the ones who get it done, Granger offers high-quality supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as access to product specialists who have the knowledge and experience to answer your toughest questions. Plus, their commitment to being your safety partner can help you keep your facility safe and your people safer. Call ClickGranger.com or just stop by. As much as we talk about Antonio Brown can't help himself, I really feel like Baker Mayfield is absolutely one of those guys that can't help himself. Chris Carlin, Courtney Cronin, in for Greeny on ESPN Radio and on the ESPN app, presented by Progressive Insurance, and all guests appear via the Goodyear hotline. Uh, Courtney, um, Baker Mayfield responded to Mary Kay Cabot's uh, article that unless he gets some things worked out in differences with Kevin Stefanski on an offense that's more suitable to his talents, he might be asking for a trade this offseason. Basically, in essence, he called it fake news, and the media continues to, you know, uh, drum stuff up. I, I, I'm sorry. I just, with Baker at this point, this is a complete lack of self-awareness of the situation. Mm-hmm. You have not played well. I get it. You probably feel like you're owed a lot more because you played hurt this season. Nobody cares. They care about where the franchise is headed in the future. He's going to be the quarterback next year. I don't see a scenario where they bring somebody else in when he was the number one overall pick, and now he's just picking fights. It doesn't make sense to me. And the thing is, when you're secure enough about what's being written about you, whether it's positive or negative, you don't respond to it. To me, whenever an athlete or a coach or anybody responds to something that they deem a slight, they deem unfair, they deem fake news or whatever he called it yesterday, he called it clickbait, Um, usually there's an ounce of truth, if not more than an ounce of truth, to what's being written here. In the premise of the article from Mary Kay Cabot, who has been covering the Cleveland Browns for a very long time, a well-respected journalist in that market, is that there's issues between Baker Mayfield and Kevin Stefanski that they need to get figured out before next season when, like you and I have both agreed, he's inevitably back as the quarterback in 2022, and that Baker Mayfield was upset with the play calling of Kevin Stefanski this year and that the situations didn't put him in multiple you know, chances to win. So there's documented examples of this. Like after they lost to the Ravens, or excuse me, yeah, there was a 24-22 victory over the Ravens. He said that the calls got, quote, too conservative. Um, you know, 26-14 loss to the Steelers. He said that rookie tackle James Hudson III wasn't given enough chipping help against T.J. Watt. They said after the 13-10 victory over the Lions, he stalked off the field and refused to do his postgame press conference, which quarterbacks don't do that. Like that is something like other players do. Quarterbacks, whether you're in COVID times, where there's no open locker room, whether it's normal times, quarterbacks always do the postgame press conference. It is an incredible red flag when they don't. Like there's multiple documented examples of this. So for him to come out and say it's hogwash, it's hogwash itself because it just doesn't make any sense why if you are that secure, like play calling's fine is what he's alleging right there. Why do all these amp, uh, examples that she's pointing out, and obviously people that she's talked to within the organization, you think she just pulled that out of thin air? Highly doubt it. There is the belief more and more every day that things are just made up, that they're just made up by journalists, which is just, for the most part, not the way they go, and not to get into the bigger discussion there, but 
You don't do that if you're Mary Kay Cabot and you've been around forever. And, and here's the thing. Baker has to feel pretty good in that he got backed up by a couple of former Cleveland quarterbacks, uh, Brandon Whedon and Deshaun Kaiser. Wow. Wow. Not exactly headed for Canton, are we? Uh, it, we couldn't reach Tim Couch on the phone? Was he not available? This is where we're going for backup. These guys chiming in on Twitter about stirring stuff up. Come on. It's absolutely absurd. And I just think the sooner that Baker can actually understand who he is and what this whole situation is for him in the future, the better off he's going to be. But he, I just don't think, and this is going back to college, there are times I defended him on some of the stuff that he did. I just honestly believe that Baker Mayfield is one of those athletes that just cannot help himself. And as a result, um, the drama becomes almost air for him to breathe. And, and there are some valid points when I watched this Cleveland Browns offense this year, because I covered Kevin Stefanski when he was the offensive coordinator in Minnesota when he got his shot at the end of the 2018 season through 2019, then got hired by the Cleveland Browns, that maybe there weren't enough play-action bootlegs to play to Baker's strengths. Because you saw so much of that in 2020, the year that they got to the playoffs and, and ended up um, you know, winning that game against Pittsburgh. And I wondered why they went away from it this year. Were there personnel limitations? Like It felt like they were kind of maybe running different groupings that didn't play to the strengths of the quarterback. They were very run-heavy, three-tight-end scheme. Maybe that's not playing to his strengths. So maybe he does have a legitimate gripe here of what has been reported. Wouldn't, don't you think it would help him in a lot of ways to get those things fixed instead of him going on Twitter and saying it's clickbait, all that? Like My thing is he probably heard from somebody inside the organization that said, yeah, Kevin, Kevin Stefanski's upset about this, or like you need to fix things with Stefanski, and that was probably his way of doing it. It just feels like such an insecure thing, and you're basically admitting to everything that's being written if you're that insecure about it. Like nobody's, I do think that everybody has a right to defend themselves on Twitter. I tend to think I'm the queen of it. Um, I love clapping back on people, but like you have to pick your spots. And if you really didn't believe anything she wrote in this, you don't give it credence. You gave it credence. So you basically opened the door to prove like, yeah, all of this is true. I really am at odds with my head coach and play caller. Chris Carlin and Courtney Cronin for Greeny on ESPN Radio. The other thing too, Courtney, is, and you have uh, an interesting situation. Courtney covers the Vikings, of course, for ESPN NFL Nation. Mike Zimmer this weekend is playing his starters. We yes. are looking across the board at some scenarios this year where there are this week where there are starters playing. We talked about this with Dallas just a little while ago. Nothing for the Cowboys really to play for at this point, yet they are going to play some starters this weekend. Listen, this is not 2007. The New England Patriots are going for history. Tom Coughlin believes in the integrity of the game. And you need to go out there and do this. It's not one of those circumstances. Why does this continue to happen when you're putting your own team, which is headed for the postseason, not the Vikings in this case, but you're putting your own guys in some jeopardy? My opinion on it in the situation that I will be covering on Sunday when they play the Chicago Bears, the Minnesota Vikings, two teams that are out of the postseason, two coaches that might be out of a job on Monday. It's, it's it's clear as day to me that Mike Zimmer doesn't want to lose this game, A, because he's a competitor, and B, he's on the cusp of being able to go to his next employer and say, hey, I averaged 9.1 
wins per season over the last eight years. That is a big difference and a big difference in number than saying you average eight or eight and a half. Yeah, just like ask Jeff, getting, Jeff Fisher. <laughs> getting to nine is a big deal. And when you take a look at the coaches, he's, he'd be, he's fifth, 17th right now. 15th, if you don't include Nick Sirianni and uh, Brandon Staley, you know, first-year head coaches. There's And everybody above where Mike Zimmer is right now averages nine wins a season. So, of course, when you look at why he's playing starters, he doesn't want to lose this game. I think there's a pride element with it where I'm not having these rookies that I probably won't be developing anyways. Like, why am I going to give them a shot? Why do I care? I'm not going to have them take me down in my final game. I'm going to go out doing it my way. So that's the situation in Minnesota. And, of course, guys are going to want to play, at least some, on other teams because they're trying to hit that Week 18 incentive mark. I know when Joe Fortenbaugh was talking about Stephon Diggs and what he has to do to be able to earn a big-time bonus, they'll play these guys until they get those bonuses, and then I think they'll take them out. But I wouldn't be surprised. The situation in Minnesota, yes, they are playing the Chicago Bears, who have a very inept offense, as we saw on Monday Night Football a few weeks ago. But then again, um, I think that they are going to keep starters in probably until very late in that game to ensure that Zimmer gets that win, that the Vikings can finish the season at 8-9, and nine, and not have to be in a situation where he takes an L on the way out, and it does affect his overall coaching record because if he's looking for a job next year, that's a big selling point for him. It just feels absolutely absurd at this point that that would actually be a consideration, but it absolutely feels like that is what is going on. It's Chris Carlin and Courtney Cronin on uh, Greeny on ESPN Radio and ESPN Plus. Cutting the price of your wireless bill feels good, really good. Actually, it feels great. So you should try it. So cut your bill by switching to Straight Talk Wireless. Now offering over 45 our $45 Silver Unlimited plan with 5 gigabytes of hotspot and nationwide 5G on America's largest most dependable networks. The $45 Silver Unlimited plan from Straight Talk Straight Talk Wireless, no contract, no compromise. A month equals 30 days. See terms and conditions at straighttalk.com. 5G-capable device required. Actual availability, coverage, and speed may vary. Up next, it's Friday, and that means it is the segment that America waits for each and every week, starring our very own Bubba. It is who you got. Get locked in. Get ready. Hydrate, do whatever you have to do to be ready for Bubba. Next on Greeny on ESPN Radio and ESPN Plus. Greeny, the podcast. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. 
Shopping for Mother's Day is usually a challenge because you wait until the last minute, but Macy's Gift Finder makes it incredibly fast and easy to find the right gift just in time for Mother's Day. Whether you're shopping for your sister's first Mother's Day or your fashionista mom who loves to make a statement, Macy's Gift Finder has so many great gift ideas that you can easily pick out something special to celebrate them both. You can shop by price, anywhere from 25 bucks and under to 100 bucks and under. You can also sort by category like fragrance, handbags, and more, or gift lists like for the mom who has everything, pre-wrapped gifts or gifts for grandma. Find top brands like Studio Pro Model Beats headphones, Polaroid cameras, and Samsung smart TVs. So what are you waiting for? Mother's Day is May 12th. It'll be here before you know it. Macy's has the perfect gift guide to make picking something for mom easy this year. Head to Macy's.com slash gift finder today. That's Macy's.com slash gift finder. Weekly Rewind, brought to you by Dell for your small business needs. Call a Dell Technologies advisor today at 877-ASK-DELL. Chris Carlin, Courtney Cronin in for Greeny today on ESPN Radio and on the ESPN app. And just rewinding for a moment to yesterday, I still have not gotten past the whole situation with Dan Orlovsky, who, uh, once again, just an absolutely atrocious food take on his part with the... uh, just out-and-out lies that he is spreading about cannolis and about how they don't taste even remotely good. And Dan uh, responded, was unaware of what was being said on Twitter, and he said, what was said? And I, I just wrote back, your, your takes are trash, and you must be stopped when it comes to food. And, I, I, Courtney, I mean, it just feels, um, I feel triggered, I feel attacked, so to speak. Uh, by by all of this when I hear these kind of takes from Dan, who clearly has no room for, for flavor in his life. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't, I'm not Italian, so, like, I wasn't, like, offended to the core about it. No, like I'm not Diana Italian Rusina, either. I was just like, offended because cannolis are amazing. I mean, Diana Rossini was on with us, and I could tell that she, I mean, she told him to leave Earth. That's kind of yes. like, you know, that's a, that's a pretty big statement there from a uh, true Jersey Italian. Necessary I, and appropriate. Absolutely. Um, I asked him on Twitter, because yesterday was... Um, I don't know if it was National Cookie Day, but whatever. I follow Cookie Monster for some odd reason because I'm a child. And um, he Who said something follow like, "Cookie Monster, don't don't judge yourself. That's Cookie Monster." I mean, that's true. Um, yeah. I should I should this is, I need to practice better positive self talk. So thank you, Chris. <laughs> um, but he Cookie Monster yesterday had tweeted something about how quote the best thing you can cook is cookies. That's why they spell it that way and so I said do you have a take on this Dan Orlovsky I just quote tweeted it and he actually responded to me he said as long as they're one oatmeal raisin two those Christmas ball cookies with white icing on the top then yes which I asked him what are the Christmas ball cookies with white icing on top he never responded to me but I know that we've been on him about the oatmeal raisin take and we've been on him about other atrocious food takes the cannoli one though just kind of seems to, you know, take the cake for lack of a better term. I don't know why you wouldn't like dessert, period. I, I question people that say, oh, I don't, I like savory over sweet. Yeah. Because they, like they, they throw all sweets out the window, which tends to bother me. Like, don't, don't discriminate. Come on. Come on. I, I, I like it all. You know why? I'm human. That, that's why. And I, listen, I get health is an important thing, but it's not to the, not to the detriment of actually enjoying life. And I I feel like Dan, as much as he enjoys and brings incredible passion to talking about football, as good as he is at breaking things down, I I just I I I want him to stop spreading these 
I don't want to call them lies, but it just feels like false information and false narratives when it comes to food takes. That's what it feels like. Yeah, definitely. Um, he's injecting his own his own opinion on things and maybe spreading false information. I don't know if yes. I've ever seen this happen before, but uh, totally it, it's agree. dangerous. It's dangerous. It is dangerous. Join host Gotham Chopra as he explores what Tom Brady has meant to football in the world and in the man. Excuse me. Let me try that again. As what Tom Brady has meant to football and the world. In Man in the Arena, a new podcast from ESPN Plus and Religion of Sports, a companion piece to Gotham's ESPN Plus docuseries. This 10-part podcast examines the improbable ripple effects of Brady's career, things that have forced us to rethink everything we thought we knew about time, hatred, perfection, even fate. The podcast is brought to you by State Farm. ZipRecruiter and Rocket Mortgage. Listen and follow Man in the Arena now on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever you get your podcasts and stream the docuseries on ESPN+. That read was pretty improbable for a second there. Wow. Life is a series of choices. Who you got? Make a decision. Say it! Say it! All right. I'll say it. Who you got? All right. Let's move on to who you got here. Thanks. Jerk. Yeah, we, we don't have time. Let's let's keep moving here. All right. <laughs> Who you got? Brought to you by Granger. We get to, uh, let's get through quickly here. We got a lot of things to go. So Cowboys. Yeah, we can't chew into Bubba's Eagles. time at all. Let, not, Cowboys. Not at all. Eagles. All right. Dallas minus five. Who you got here? Courtney, have at it. I have the Cowboys winning by ten. I've got them twenty-seven seventeen. Yes. They have not looked great offensively in recent weeks. I'll give them that. Um, but the Eagles, I mean, they know what their, what their formula is going to be for the postseason. Run the ball, run the ball, run the ball. You have a great offensive line. I don't think it's going to get it done, though, against this defense. So I'm going with Dallas. They are going to look nice and good going into the postseason, and maybe they even lock up the number two seed. I'm very high on the Eagles right now. Uh, and I'll just take them in this spot simply because I don't expect the Cowboys to play their starters throughout the course of the entire game. I'm factoring that in here. But the Eagles really, since they figured out needing the the need to run the football, um, I think they're, what, six out of the last seven or something like that. They're, they've absolutely played great football. I think the Eagles will win tomorrow night. And if I had a dark horse, a team that's capable of doing some postseason damage, just because of how they run the ball, I would take the Eagles. All right, the other game tomorrow night, Chiefs at Broncos, and this game is Kansas City minus 11. Who you got here? I will take Kansas City, and um, listen, they need help that they are likely to not get in terms of being the number one overall seed uh, in the AFC because they need Tennessee to lose to Houston, and I don't expect that to happen. But I still think they will go and win tomorrow night. And I'm sure they're still annoyed about what transpired last week in Cincinnati. Yeah, I mean, that loss to the Bengals leaves a big, sour taste in their mouth right now. But fortunately, they're going against a team where they can get their defense back on track because Denver cannot score the ball. Like, we've we've seen that happen throughout the their pseudo-playoff run this year. So I've got the Chiefs winning big in this one. I think I'll go, like, 35-14. Um and they still have that chance to get the top seed, right? And in order to do that, they have to win this game, and then they'll be scoreboard watching other games on Sunday. All right, let's go to Sunday, the biggest game everyone's looking forward to, Chargers at Raiders. And this one's Los Angeles minus three. 
Los Angeles minus three. A little surprised by that one. Who you got here? I've got the Raiders in this one. I really do. They're on a three-game win streak right now. This is a playoff game in its own right. The winner goes in. The loser goes home. Um, I was surprised last week, Chris, about them beating the Colts. So, and they did it on the road. And they did it with their defense. I think they do it again with their defense against Justin Herbert. Clearly, I'm ready to be hurt again by the Chargers. Um, I have been a, a, a big proponent all year, and they have done nothing but let me down. And so I, I guess... They have been my 2021 ride or die, and I'm going down with them. I will take the Chargers tomorrow night, and yet somehow will not be surprised if they lose the game. Or a Sunday night, I should say. All right, Panthers at Bucks. This one, we got Tampa Bay minus eight. Who you got here? Uh, I'll take Tampa. Uh, there's no reason to think otherwise. I, I, I'll tell you what, Carolina is interesting to me because don't forget what the Matt Rule contract was. Seven years, $63 million, and this is year two. Are they actually going to move on from Matt Rule after two years in Carolina? I know David Tepper has mm-hmm. an incredible amount of money. Can you, uh, can you see that scenario? Yes, I can, and I don't know why we're not talking about it enough. I know that he quoted Jay-Z a couple weeks ago and said, well, it took Jay-Z seven years to uh, to be successful. I've got a seven-year contract. Uh, might take me seven years, too. No, I don't think that that actually, like, hit home to David Tepper, and, and he's like, oh, okay. Yeah, like, I mean, you know, forgetting the reasonable doubt stuff, and I could go down, like, the litany list here of all the issues with that comment, but no. I think that he should absolutely be considered among the firings that will happen on Monday following week 18 they don't have a plan in Carolina and oh by the way I'm picking the Tampa Bay Buccaneers in this game I know I didn't give my pick and I'm just going on a rant now about the Carolina Panthers but um (laughs) they're on the road they lost big the last time they could barely barely scored in that game and they couldn't keep Tampa Bay out of the end zone I do wonder like if they see more ineptitude again this week which the Panthers have been all season I think that David that David Tepper might be having a conversation with Matt Rule on Monday saying Sorry, two years in, I'll pay you out your buyout, but man, what a mistake. Oof. All right, the USFL has announced four of their coaches for this spring's football season. I just found out this morning, Bubba, that they're a league. Oh, they're I back. Found, I, I did not know that until this morning. Yeah, they got four coaches, some more being announced soon. So, are you ready? Will you be watching? Can spring football survive? Who you got? Well, here's how it's going to go, because it's how it goes every time we have one of these leagues. You'll watch just to watch the first couple of games, and, and really just week one. They'll have great ratings week one, and then it'll likely fall off the table. It generally has been how this has gone. Um, listen, I'll, I'll be into it, but I, I don't know that it's going to fall. I don't know that it's going to be ultimately successful. I'm going to be careful what I say here, because don't we own the XFL? Um, and aren't they coming back at some point soon, too? These spring yeah. leagues try to, like, satiate our appetite, but it's just never great football. Like, for every P.J. Walker that makes it out of one of these leagues, there's hundreds of other guys that couldn't probably get a sniff in the CFL. So the quality of ball itself is the reason that these leagues do not survive. It's fun to watch. I love having a Saturday in February when the Super Bowl's over to, you know, catch a little action from the football 
gods if they want to present that to us, but I don't know. Like the XFL, the USFL, I don't know. Is Johnny Manziel's Spring League coming back this year? Like you can tell by the tone of my voice that I'm not really like enthralled with these, with these things. I'll always watch week one. I probably will not be watching week two. Does I thought The Rock owns the XFL. The Rock owns the XFL, right? Didn't uh, we own you know? it at one point? Like two years well, we, ago. Uh, a couple of years ago, it was aired on ESPN. It's aired on ESPN. Sorry. Right. Okay, so we aired it. Like, I watched it because I'm right. a good company employee. Um, but I don't think I really watched a whole lot of games. And plus Why do you pan- hate the-, the Rock, Courtney? I don't What's hate that it. About? The pandemic shut down the XFL. Blame COVID for why the XFL couldn't succeed. But USFL flames it is. All right, next. All right, it's <laughs> who you got, BP, with quadruple C. How about that? What? What's that? It's BP with four C's. Oh, that's Bubba, as in uh, oh. Brandon. Oh, that's us. That's you and name? me. Yeah. How do I pronounce your last name? Is it Perigen? Peregrine? Peregrino? Pellegrino? What is it? Embarrassing. Peregrine, like the falcon, grow up. The peregrine, like the. First of all, I didn't know a falcon was a peregrine. I don't even know what that is. It's the fastest animal in the universe. So <laughs> I thought that was a panther. <laughs> well, you thought wrong. Okay. Um, don't I don't think, know that panther move. like pregame in Carolina. That thing moves pretty quick. That 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 hologram thing is yeah. terrifying. Anyways, yeah. I'll take quadruple C. Yeah. Don't think I forgot about Tuesday, National Spaghetti Day. This Who is you absolutely. Got like, I'm looking at Nuno right pasta. now in the Zoom, and he's got his face covered by his uh, hat that yeah, he is so embarrassed he's just by that. Sitting in his lazy boy, he hasn't come to work in three weeks. Um, who you <laughs> so got? Said earlier, he looks like he's the only thing he's missing is a cat that he should be petting, <laughs> like he's in his evil lair. <laughs> Anyways, who you got as your favorite pasta? All right, quadruple C. Let's get it together. Uh, absolutely spaghetti. Um, my mom was, and I love her to death. Don't get me wrong. She's 89 years old. Could not cook to save her life, as it turns out. Like, I didn't know turkey wasn't supposed to be bone dry until I was 32 years old. She could make spaghetti and meatballs. It is my all-time favorite meal. Absolutely, I'm on with spaghetti as the best pasta. Um, I'm a good big ziti person. Love a penne alla vodka. I love it all. Mm-hmm. Like, I really, I'm not. It's hard chicken. to go wrong. It is. I'm not a cream sauce, like a, a white cream sauce pasta person. Like, uh, Alfredo is just not my thing because I don't really yeah. like a whole ton of garlic, which kind of goes against the point of eating Italian food. But I love, I love like the the noodles that are like shorter, fatter, like mm-hmm. the, I guess. A good rigatoni. Rigatoni. That's the there one. Like penne alla vodka, ziti, the whole thing. That's that's Tuesday, Baba? The, the last Tuesday. We just missed it. Oh, so. Wow. That's unfortunate. Yeah. Nobody nobody notified me about that. Well, that's that. what Who You Got's for. So. Okay. <laughs> who You Got brought to you by Granger with supplies and solutions for every industry. Granger is always there to help. Call clickranger.com or just stop by. Last one, 58 years ago today, Nicholas Kim Coppola was born. You may know him as Nicholas Cage. He's, of course, the nephew of Francis Ford Coppola. So, Who You Got as your favorite Nicholas Cage movie? Very important question. One minute. Quadruple C. Uh, Raising Arizona and Honeymoon in Vegas. The early Nick Cage work for me. Even uh, Moonstruck. But I, I'm not a big uh, you know, national treasure guy. What no. about The Rock? Uh, I, you know, I like The Rock. I, I'm not, you know, I got to go see him. What was that, Red Notice? I don't know. I like Connor. I was a kid in the Connor 90s. Great. Watched a bunch of them. Oh, you're talking about the movie The Rock. 
I forgot about that. Oh, yeah. Welcome to The Rock. Yeah. Yeah. I forgot can about you that. say it in Sean Connery's voice well before we end the show? Can I or can Bubba? Welcome. Any of you. Uh, uh, no, I can't. I welcome just I rock. couldn't even get the welcome <laughs> started. To <laughs> gone in sixty seconds. I mean, he's, he's a great guy. Yeah. The only thing is, like you know, I don't know. I had trouble dissolve. with the whole he Angelina Jolie thing there. I, it's just I don't know. I got, uh, I got trouble listen, with you, Nick Cage. Absolutely underappreciated. I'll say that wrongly mocked. Thanks for listening to Greeny the Podcast. You can listen live each weekday morning at 10 Eastern on ESPN Radio and see it with the video on ESPN+. Also catch Greeny on Get Up weekday mornings at 8 on ESPN and also available wherever you get your podcast.